I'll tell you what, how about this? Um, before I dive into the message, because I kind of felt this stirring in me earlier, and I felt like someone just needs a word of encouragement. And so um, I just want to give that encouragement for that person that needs to hear it. And that encouragement, hopefully, for those of you, both those of you online also. By the way, we got a ton of people online, so can we welcome those? There we go. I see you, you guys. We got a ton of people online today, so can we just welcome our online audience also? Man, it's great to see so many of you on here today, but I just felt like someone needed this word of encouragement, that what's in front of you is better than what's behind you. That the best is still yet to come. And I feel like that there are some of you here that life hasn't kind of played itself out the way that you hoped that it would. Hang on. I said hang on. Because God isn't finished yet. Faithful is he who began a good work in you to complete it. I also feel like that there are others of you that are here who you feel like maybe your best years have come and gone. But I want you to know that God didn't leave you here on this earth so that you would fade out. Now is the time that God wants to shine through you brighter than ever before. And this season right now, this new season that you come up on, I'm just declaring this prophetically to you, it's not going to look like your last season, but in every season, God has a purpose. And the purpose of God, it doesn't diminish with age, but it increases each and every day. 1 Corinthians 4.16 says, therefore we do not lose heart. And I feel like there's some of you that you're kind of losing heart because you think, well, I'm just kind of fading out. No, man. Right now, you're to shine brighter than you've ever shown before. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly, we are wasting away, yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. So no matter what's behind you, whether it's successes, whether it's failures, you know, whether it's celebrations or, or disappointments, today is a new day. The oldest passed away, and look here, God is not done with all that he wants to do in your life. You see, here's the thing that you need to know about God's plan and his purpose. In Jeremiah 29, 11, he says that he has a plan for us. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for what? For good. God says that his plans for your life is for good. And guess what? It's still good. It's still good. So don't believe the lie of the devil that says that the, the best has yet to come. No, the best is still yet to come. And so I just want to encourage somebody with that encouragement that um, thinks that, oh, man, you know, everything's kind of, you know, not been good. Well, guess what? If it's not good, God isn't finished yet. Amen? Now, open up your message notes from our beautiful uh, Destiny Church app. <laughs> If you've not downloaded it, you can go and download that from our iOS. I feel smart when I say that, the iOS, or our Android app, and follow along with us. You just search for Destiny Church of Jacksonville on either one of those platforms, 
and you can download our app where you can follow along with a fill-in-the-blank style notes every single week. A lot of hard work goes into that, so utilize that. But today we're going to be looking at the fourth installment of our series, Building Our Lives on Values That Last. And this morning, I want us to look at developing trust. Trust is a rare commodity now in in our society. Would you not agree? It seems like no one ever wants to trust anyone anymore. Customers don't trust businesses. Employees don't trust managers. And, of course, no one trusts the government, right? But what's the cause of this decline in trust in our society? Why don't we trust people anymore? Well, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. And it's because society doesn't value truth anymore. They value what works, regardless of whether it's true or not. But here's what you need to know. Truth and trust go hand in hand. You see, you trust people who tell you the truth, and you don't trust people who don't tell you the truth, right? Now, in a society where most of the people say that there is no absolute truth, what that means is, is that you can't trust anyone anymore. Because how can you expect anyone to tell you the truth if there is no absolute truth? And there is absolute truth, by the way. So, we now have this uh, nation full of, of cynics and, and doubters, which has led to a massive rise in stress in people's lives. Just earlier this week, I was reading a U.S. news poll, and it said that 84% have said that they have felt prolonged stress in their lives. In other words, they weren't just having a bad day, right? Because we all have bad days. It says, but they felt prolonged stress in their lives. Now, why is that? I'm going to tell you why. It's because stress, you and I, we were created to be a people of trust. And when we don't trust, it creates stress in our lives. You see, God has fashioned us, he's created us in such a way that we have the capacity to trust in something greater than ourselves, specifically meaning that God wants us to have a relationship with him where we completely trust in him. Yet what we have today is people who are putting their trust in their money, in their education, in their connections, or in their job. Because when you're not trusting God, you will find something to put your trust in. And when that happens, that's what's called idolatry. And anything that I trust or value more than God is an idol. Deuteronomy 4, 15 through 18 says, For your own good, then, make certain that you do not sin by making for yourselves an idol in any form at all. God says, for your own good, don't put anything else above God. And maybe you're wondering, well, why not? Well, we're going to look at that question along with two others this morning. The first question is going to be, what happens whenever I trust someone or something else more than God? 
The second question is, why is it that we find it so difficult to trust God? And then the third question is, what are the reasons that I ought to trust God? So let's just dive right into this, okay? And let's look at the first question. What happens when I trust someone or something else more than God? Well, there are two negative effects that happen. First is you get disappointed. And then two, you become dominated or controlled. First, I get disappointed. Anytime I expect someone else to meet a need in my life other than God, I'm going to get disappointed. Now, I think this is where a lot of people, they need to understand that, see, you can have something good in your life, but it not have its right place. Are you with me? For example, Proverbs 18.22 says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Amen to that, right? But that doesn't mean that you can only be happy if you're married. As a matter of fact, there were a lot of people that they believed that if they could just get married, that they'd be happy. Anybody want to give testimony on that? (laughs) Then there are others who would say, well, if I could just land the right job or if I could just make enough money, then I'd feel good about myself. But when you think that way, You've just created an idol, and I can promise you it's going to disappoint you. Jeremiah 10 verse 14 says, those who make idols are disillusioned. And I love the translation of that particular verse right there, disillusioned, because it's the perfect adjective. Because to be disillusioned means, and this is straight from uh, Webster's Dictionary, having lost faith. Or trust in something formerly regarded as good or valuable. And those who put their trust or their faith in anything other than God, they are on the road to disillusionment. Habakkuk 2 verse 18 says, Of what value is an idol? For the one who makes it trusts in his own creation. This verse is telling us that whenever we put our trust in the works of our hands, that we're trusting that our hard work is going to bring about significance, self-worth, or meaning in life. But all it really does is it just disappoints. Because when I trust something or someone else other than God, first of all, I end up disappointed, but then second of all, I become dominated or controlled. I love this scripture right here. It's Psalm 115. It says, not to us, Lord. Hmm. I love that he repeats it a second time because it's like, in case y'all didn't get this, (laughs) not to us, oh Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. Because of your love and faithfulness. Why do the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. But their idols are silver and gold. Made by human hands. They do not have mouths. Or they have mouths rather, but, but they cannot speak. They have eyes but cannot see. They have ears but they cannot hear. Noses but they cannot smell. They have hands but they cannot feel. They have feet but they cannot walk. Nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Now, catch this last verse right here. Those who make them will be like them. And so will all those who put trust in them. 
You see, this verse right here is a sobering reminder that we become that like that which we worship. If you value money the most in your life, then you'll become a materialist. If you value pleasure the most in your life, then you'll become a, a hedonist. If you value what works the most in your life, then you'll become a pragmatist. If you value Jesus Christ the most in your life, you'll become a Christian. You'll become like Christ. See, whatever you value the most is what will shape you. And if it's not God, it will warp you. Now, why do we trust in all of these other things in order to try to give us meaning and significance? I'm going to tell you why. We want a God that we can control. We want to shrink God down so that we can manage him. We want to assign him a location and say, God, you stay put. And, and if you need me, then, or if I need you rather, then I know where to find you. How many of you guys remember the show, I Dream of Jeannie? Anyone? Yeah, I'm showing my age right now, aren't I? Well, this is how most people treat God. Like they don't want, or they don't mind God uh, being around on uh, Sunday mornings and showing up whenever they, they need something. But anytime there's something that's required of them, they just send God back to his bottle. That is, of course, until they need something again. But the problem is, church, God doesn't work that way. You can't reduce God down to fit your convenience. God is not a genie in the bottle. He is the Lord of the universe, and you don't get to choose when you want him to be Lord and when you don't want him to be Lord. He is either Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. Now, this brings about a big question that we've got to answer. Do I exist for God, or does God exist for me? See, answering this question, watch this, it reveals your values. By the way, if you need some help in answering that question, let me just ask, who made who? Who made you? Sounds like an ACDC song right there, right? <laughs> Friends, you exist for God. As a matter of fact, if it weren't for God, you wouldn't even exist at all. And this leads to our second question I want us to look at. Why does it seem so difficult for us to put our trust in God? Why don't I trust God more? Why do we end up trusting all of these other things rather than trusting God? And the answer is simple. It's because we don't really know God. You see, we don't trust someone that we don't know. I know this is diving a little deep here, but guys, look, we got, we got to talk about this. Think about this. I want you to think about if I was just walking down the street, and let's say someone just comes up to me, someone I have no idea who they are, and they come to me and they say, hey, you need to put all of your money in this one particular stock because it's going to make you rich. Chances are you're going to be like, yeah, thanks, bud. See you later. And you're probably not even going to give it a second thought, right? Why? Because who's going to take the word of someone that they don't even know? Even 
though they may be right. Now apply this with the things that God tells us to do. If we don't know him, then we're not going to trust him. So whenever God tells us that we're supposed to wait until we have sex, until we're married, then we don't trust that he knows what's best. Why? Because we don't really know him. Because if we really knew him, then we would know that God has our best interest at heart and that he always knows what's best for our life. See, when you don't know God, you tend to question all the things that he tells you to do. But when you know God, you don't have any trouble following what he says, even whenever it's uncomfortable. Because, guys, there's going to be plenty of times in your life that God is going to, first of all, ask you to do things that aren't going to make sense. Just let me just tell you that's going to happen more times than you can count. And there's going to be other times things that he's going to ask us to do that is not going to be easy. But can I just tell you that this walk with Christ, it's not an easy walk. But here's the thing. God promises us that with that walk, he would be with us. He would always be with us, that he would strengthen us, that he would give us everything that we need. But it all comes down to this, church. It comes down to, do you know him? Not just know about him, because you're going to question God if you just know about him. But if you know him, Psalm 9 verse 10 says, those who know the Lord trust him. Now this is where it's vital that we know what God's word has to say, because God's word gives us an accurate depiction of who God is. It reveals his character. It reveals us his purpose. But since most people aren't spending time in God's word, they tend to believe things about God that just aren't true. I remember a, a popular myth that uh, a lot of people believed growing up, and that was that God was like a uh, state trooper. And he's just hiding out there on the, the side of the road, and he's just waiting to bust you. And so you better watch out because he's just ready to write those tickets, right? It's the same mindset of the people who would say, well, if I were to walk into the church, the, uh, the roof would cave in. Anyone ever heard someone say that before? Right? But, of course, then you have the opposite end of the spectrum. And this is where God is like Santa Claus. He's just a jolly old fellow. And whatever you, you want He's good with it, just as long as you're a pretty good person. And just as long as you're sincere in your heart. But watch this. This is a wrong view of God. Now, friends, you need to hear this. God doesn't approve of everything that we do. As a matter of fact, there are some things that God wants us to change. Why? Because if I have a child who is doing things that are self-destructive, of course I'm going to want him to change because I love them. Are you following me? But then there's the God that we've made to look like us. And he's just another guy, like God wears vans. He's just one of us, just a, a stranger on the bus, 
trying to make his way home, right? <laughs> then there's another popular perspective that says that, that God is energy, that he's a, a cosmic power, that he's the, the force, right? And we're either part of the empire or the republic, right? Now, let me just give you some good advice. Like, enjoy the Star Wars trilogy, but don't get your theology from it. And I know that may sound silly, but there's a lot of people that hold to the belief that God is in everything. But God is not in everything. God created everything, but God's not in everything. That's called pantheism, by the way. And this isn't a new belief. As a matter of fact, it's about 5,000 years old. And some of the most ignorant groups of people bought into that belief. And at the heart of that belief is that we're God, or in, in part, God. But I'm going to bust y'all's bubble this morning and let you know that you are not God. Until you can part a sea, you are not God. Until you can resurrect yourself, you are not God. I was having a conversation with someone recently who said, well, I like to think of God like, and then they proceeded to give their thought. But here's the problem with that. You can think of God however you want, but that doesn't mean that's who he is. What matters isn't what you think God is like. What matters is what's true. What matters is what God says that he's like. And by the way, he is very clear about who he is, and what he's like. Now, this leads us to our third question. Why should I trust God completely? I'm going to tell you why, but first let me just say the alternative uh, to trusting and not trusting God, it's, it's worry, it's conflict, and feeling like you have to have it all controlled. But hey, God's got a better idea. Trust him. Don't carry the weight of the, uh, the world on your shoulders. Only God is big enough to carry that weight, amen? Now, I want to give you four reasons that you should trust God. In. And these are all things that God has said about himself. So why should I trust God completely? Well, number one, because God always tells the truth. Not only does he always tell the truth, but he is truth. God is truth incarnate. Truth is defined by God. Now Hebrews 6.18 says, it is impossible for God to lie. I've had people ask me before, is there anything that God can't do? And the answer to that is yes. God can't lie. The Bible says that it's impossible for God to lie. Why? Because he is absolute truth. Romans 3 verse 4 says, God will continue to be true even when every person is false. Now, I don't know about you, but I take great comfort in knowing that God will never lie to me. I mean, think about this. Who do you know in your life that will never, ever, ever lie to you? That will always, always, every single time, tell you the truth always. I'll tell you who. God. 
But now let me give you the second reason that you should trust God completely. And it's because God loves you. And he tells us this in his word over and over and over again. Now, Satan has been working overtime to try to sell the lie to humanity that God doesn't love his people. But understand that you were created as an act of God's love. You were created as an object of God's love. And he demonstrates his love towards us every single day of our life. And what's probably the most famous scripture in the Bible, John 3 16, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And the greatest expression of that love is Jesus Christ himself. Friends, Jesus' love for you is greater than anything that you could ever possibly imagine or comprehend. But watch this, though you can't comprehend it, you can experience. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Man, I hope that encourages someone this morning who feels like they're far away from God. That no matter what's in your past, no matter how many mistakes you've made, that you can call out to him, that you can draw near to him. And then he gives a promise. Remember, this is the guy who cannot lie. It's impossible for him to lie. He said, draw near to him. It doesn't matter what's in your past. Well, pastor, you don't know. You don't know God. I mean, can, I could sit here and tell you story after story of guys who went and had um, men killed, where, who had, you know, stealing, stealing, and stealing. You know, we could look at the Apostle Paul and all that he did. I mean, we could go for days of, of terrible things that probably none of us in this room has ever committed. And so in case you think, well, you just don't understand the things that, that, that I've done, you don't understand the depths of God's love for you. Like I'm telling you, like, if you're still alive, <laughs> if you're breathing, that right there is just proof of God's purpose if you've got a pulse. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And the good news about God's love is that it's not something that you earn. As a matter of fact, you couldn't even earn it if you wanted to. God's love is freely given to us as a result of his grace. As I put my faith in Jesus Christ and the finished work of the cross, God cancels out the certificate of debt that was against us. That's a good place for more than one person to say amen, church. You see, when we put on the love of God, God's perfect love casts out fear. Now, this is important for us to know because we're talking about developing trust this morning. And do you know what keeps us from trusting God? Fear. But the more that you know him, the more that you'll trust him. And the third reason that you should trust God completely is because God is in control. Friends, God created the whole universe. Everything that exists is because of God. And I know that in a, a falling world, sometimes it seems as if God isn't in control, but I assure you that God's working his plan and his purpose on the earth today. He is moving history to, toward a historical climax 
a destiny. And one day, Jesus Christ is going to come back to earth. And he's given us the promise that even whenever things uh, aren't going the way that we want them to go, that in the end, that God will make, he will have the final word. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that in all things, God works together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. Now, some of you may say, well, pastor, how can you say that? How can you say that God works all things together uh, for, for his good? How can you say that? Because what about sickness? What about suffering? What about death? Well, the Bible doesn't say that everything is good or that God created everything. As a matter of fact, there are a lot of things that God didn't create that weren't good, right? And there's a lot of things that, that it wasn't God's will that it happened. You see, there's this belief that if we, that if God, uh, if it happened, then God must, uh, it must be his, his will. But I assure you that there are many things in life that it is not God's will. Are you with me? Dr. Mitch and I, we were, uh, we were talking about this, weren't we? Uh, just, just just earlier this week, how that it wasn't God's will that Mitch lose his his wife and his his children lose their mother, and if you think that it was, then you have a wrong understanding of who God is and how God operates. However, God will now follow with me on this. God will cause all things to work together for the good of those who love Him and that have been called according to His purpose. Meaning that. God will make all things right in the end. He will make all things good in the end. But watch this. The end isn't here yet. There's a battle that right now we're in the middle of. And one in which God has called us, enlisted us as soldiers. One in which we're called to take back the thing that the enemy has taken from the kingdom of God. And in the end... To the follower of Jesus, his goodness will prevail. Why? Because God is in control. The question is, do you trust him? And then there's the fourth reason that we should completely trust God. And that's because God will help me. Psalm 46 and verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help. In trouble. Church, did you know that there are 8,810 promises in the Bible? 7,487 of them are promises made by God to mankind. I can promise you that whatever it is that you have need of, God has an abundant supply. But the problem isn't with God's supply. It's with our trust. When my oldest daughter, Megan, was about three years old, there was a, a restaurant that we used to eat at a lot in New Mexico. And um, at the entrance of that restaurant were a set of steps where there was a big column on either side. And Megan used to love to, to crawl up on that column. It's probably about maybe, I don't know, a little over five feet high, and uh, one day, 
um, me being completely unexpecting this, she just comes and jumps right into my arms, right? You remember this, Megan? <laughs> and um, every time we, we went to the restaurant, she wanted to jump into my arms. But then one day, I asked her to turn around and to fall straight back. A, a trust fall. You know what that is, right? We used to do that in youth group a lot, okay? And um, this time, she wasn't so quick uh, to, to jump right into my arms, right? But I assured her with the assurance that only a daddy can give. I said, you can trust me. I will catch you. And after giving her some assurance, she fell back into my arms. And, of course, then she wanted to do it like 30 times again, right? <laughs> and every single time we went to a restaurant and we were leaving, Megan would always say this. She'd say, Daddy, I want to trust you. Daddy, I want to trust you. Daddy, I want to trust you. You see, my three-year-old understood then that trusting her daddy was satisfying and joyful. Now, how much more so when we trust our Heavenly Father? You know, one of the cool things about that trust fall between Megan and I, um, it wasn't just the joy that Megan got to experience, but how many of you know that Dad loved it whenever he uh, saw his daughter express that trust, huh? I want to end up this, or in, in this morning with, with just a couple of thoughts. And the first one is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. This is one of those verses that you should memorize. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make your paths straight. How do you know if you really trust God? You know by observing how long it takes for you to obey when God tells you to do something. Is it immediate or is it delayed? As a matter of fact, I believe this would be a good definition right here of, of maturity, right? As to how quick it takes for us to do something. When you do the hard things that take courage, regardless of the consequences, it's then that our trust is put to the test. And I just want to end with saying this. Friends, look at me. Trust God. Trust God. There's nothing else on this planet that you should put your trust in more than God. Trust God. He is worthy of your trust. Now, what we've been talking about this morning, just so you know, this isn't just for seekers. But this right here. It's also for those of you that have been serving God for maybe 30, 40 years, and you've never really given everything to God. Here's what I want us to do right now. I'm going to ask everyone to stand, if you would, with me. I'm going to lead us in prayer. Church, catch this. The values that you build your life upon are directly tied to who or what you put your trust in. And trust is only as strong as the truth that it's based upon. And so I just want to ask you, where's your trust? Where's your trust?
I can promise you this, anything that you trust more than God, you'll be sorely disappointed. So why not put your faith and your trust in the person of Jesus, the source of truth, this morning? I'm going to ask everyone to bow your head. And guys, I believe with all of my heart that God is calling us to a a deeper place of surrender, but also a deeper place of trust. But watch this, and and I said this earlier in my message, that you trust those that you know. And can I just say that if you're just coming to church, I'm so grateful that you came to church this morning. Please keep coming. Don't stop. But if the only time you ever have time with God is when you come to church, man, you're missing what it is that God has purpose for you. Because what he has purpose for you isn't just for you to go to church on Sunday mornings, but it's that you would know him. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. By the way, that verse is good for Monday morning. (laughs) It's good for Wednesday. It's good for Friday nights. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. I just want to give an invitation, because I believe he's stirring in my heart right now that there are many of you, like like you believe in Jesus, and you want to to be a Christian, you want to live your life for him, but he's kind of been like one of those gods that we talked about. He's either been, you know, the the genie in in the bottle, right? He's he's been uh, maybe... um, Santa Claus God, but look, God wants to have a relationship with you. He doesn't want it where you just take, you know, him out on Sunday morning or whenever he's convenient for you, but friends, can I just tell you something? Why are we putting our trust in anything else other than God? Because to to do that is to say, God, you have something, or that the world has something better than what you have. And friends, that is a lie. It's a lie. There's nothing that this world has to offer. How can we put greater trust in creation rather than the creator? So I just want to ask, who's here this morning? And and I I believe that there's some that, that, that you've been trusting your job. You've been, put, you've been putting your, your, your focus and, and your attention on your job and, and your money. Like that, that's been, that's been your, your God. There's some of you that your family has, has been your God. Hey, look, man, we live by a thing, a little motto in our life, God, family, and, and then ministry or vocation, calling, right? But God is first. I said this earlier, and I'm going to say it again, is that Jesus is either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. We can't put God like number three or number two. He's to be number one. That's the reason the scripture says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, right? So if God hasn't, he's not been number one in your life. I just want to give you an invitation because right now is the time. Right now is the time to say, yes, Lord, 
I'm no longer going to, to live for the things of this world. I'm going to live for you. And watch this. As you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he will give you everything that you need. You see, there's the lie that the enemy has sold to us right there. It says, well, I've got to go after all these other things because God's not going to give them to you. No, sometimes God's just wanting us to be patient. But God will give us everything we need if we will put him first. So I just want to ask, who's here? And you say, man, I've not been putting him first. He's not been number one in my life. And this call right now isn't just a call as we normally do an altar call. This is a call for those of you that say, yeah, He's not been number one, and I need to surrender. If that's you, put your hand up. If you'll be bold enough, yeah. Yeah. Now, I know that not every single person in this room is 100% surrendered to God. So I'm going to ask you again. It's not about raising your hand, but it's about saying, I'm going to surrender completely, wholeheartedly to God. I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. This is a prayer of surrender. I also want to just invite those of you that maybe you have never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ as Lord. You've never called upon him. I also want to just invite you because this morning, the Bible tells us this, that, that today salvation is near. You know how near? Right now, the scripture says that if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, that we would be saved. All we have to do today is to put our faith in the finished work of the cross and God will save you. Pray with me if you would. Pray this prayer out loud. Lord Jesus, I confess my need for a Savior. So I ask you, Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to turn from it. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross for the sin of this world. And Jesus, I believe that you rose from the grave just as your word says. Now I want to know you and to make you known in Jesus' name. You agree with that say out loud amen amen we bless you lord we thank you for your grace we thank you for your love lord we build our lives lord god upon the truth of your word of the god who cannot lie we build our lives upon it in jesus name amen amen come on let's worship